time for Wednesday's hour number two on Hashtag Daily K with your host, Peter Bint. Korean dramas, movies and even lyrics. Why is the world paying attention to Korean stories? From classics to modern masterpieces, time to dig deep into the charms of Korean literature. On Check It Out with Paul. It's hump day, jump day, pump day, whatever you want to call it. If you're struggling to get over the hill downwards towards the weekend, Paul is here, never fear. And we've got some beautiful writings to read to you. How are you doing, Paul? I'm, I'm all right. I'm a little bit tired today. I've had a very long couple of weeks. No days off for almost two weeks? Yeah. Are but, you serious? Yeah. Come on, you've got to take care of yourself, Paul. Yeah, but, 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 but sometimes the jobs come along and you have to do them. As a freelancer, it's a double-edged sword, isn't yes. it? I think if you don't do it, you think, oh, you're so lucky to plan your schedule and blah, blah, blah. It's not so much of that. I think, like, the places that give you work, they're the ones planning your schedule. Because yeah. it's quite difficult to say no often. It, it is, <laughs> but it's all right. And, and I'm happy to be here. I always get lots of energy on a Wednesday from all the listeners. So I'm it, feeling good. You've got some love from Ecuador today Woo-hoo! from Diana. You don't get that every day, do you, Thank Paul? you, Diana. Thank you, Ecuador. <laughs> uh, what have you been so busy with? Any interesting products that you can mention on the show, Paul? I've, I've, I've been doing a, a, a classical music storytelling concert that's going online later this week i've wow. been doing filming with a puppet duck for a phonics I saw that. show that yeah. looked fun it was was there like a proper duck well it was i'm, I'm not going to break the illusion the duck was obviously real but if someone were to control it would they be professional at like pushing up the sticks yeah, two, and stuff two puppeteers <gasps> who've been working with puppets since the mid 1980s wow so they have decades of experience uh, are there puppeteers like in Korea because I didn't yes. think it was a big thing here it's not but they are they are a team I've known for a long time they're the best team in Korea and they are fabulous so, oh. I, so I was I was working hard but at the same time when you've got a puppet duck next to you yeah. you always have fun that sounds brilliant and I did see one thing on your social media saying you were quite exhausted after playing the role of an American for quite a while with the puppet duck yes uh, how is your American accent I don't think I've heard it that often no, I, I hold on. Let me get into the, the the mood of it. It takes a little while to oh. become American, but once I become American, then I'm American for the whole day. And if you want me to be American for the whole show, I can be American for the whole show. Wow. I can be American for the whole week if you need me to be American, but I prefer to be British. I love it because that's so subtle and very convincing. When I have to be American, everyone's like, don't ever do that again. <laughs> it's like, hey, my name's Peter. And that's the only tone I can do. Yeah, I don't know why. It's, yeah, I, I have to say, because for, for English education here in Korea, a mm. lot of people like to uh, hear American accents. And yes. so if you're British, sometimes you have to put one on. Oh, that's fantastic. I love that. I hope we can get that in one of the books one time if there's an American character. Uh, Aimlita has sent us in this Ooh. picture for you. Check it out. Finally, my books arrived last <gasps> week. I ordered PO for Blow Note by Tableau, Chibe Inundedu, Chibe Kagoshippo by Gwon Rabin, oh. and Dugundugun Nainzing by Kim Erdan. Brilliant. TMI, I ordered Dugundugun Nainzing first uh, before Siska, but 
but her book arrived before <laughs> mine. There's a well, competition I'm out there. I'm so <laughs> glad. I'm so glad you've both got it because I really love that book. I think it's it's one of the best books I've read in the last couple of years. I love that you're collecting them. I love that you get these extra little bits and pieces, yeah. bags and stuff with them. I hope you enjoy them. Do let us know what you think of them. And uh, well, I look forward to recommending more and more books on the show. Absolutely. Starting off with today, perhaps. What are we looking at? Oh my goodness, Peter. Yeah. It's been a few weeks, but we're going back to poetry, and we're going back to I think I've I've just no I've decided. Okay. This is my favorite Korean poet. Oh wow. I like a lot of Korean poetry, but the poet we're looking at today, we looked at one of her books last year. Mm-hmm. It's the second time for us, and I have to say, she is amazing. Her name is Kim Hesun. The book is called Autobiography of Death. Oh. And it's translated by the amazing uh, translator and poet herself, Don Mi Che. Oh. Um, and what it is, it's a collection of poems that takes us through 49 days. Mm. One poem per day, plus there's an extra one in the end. And they're all linked together, but I'm not going to say exactly why yet. Oh, the Korean title, Chugume Chasa Jan. I guess that's a literal translation yes. then, autobiography of death. 49 days, you know, I always spoil things, so I hope this doesn't spoil it. That number, I remember it. Stop from... now. Okay. Stop. Right. Wait to find part three. Good. All right. Oh, for goodness <laughs> sakes, Peter. What does that remind you of, guys, as well? 49 days. Get your messages ready. So the author we have featured before, but... I don't remember. What was the work we did before? Well, back last April, April 2020, we did the book called I'm OK, I'm Pig. Oh, that this title rings about. Brilliant uh, critique on Korean society through poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, the second time we're featuring her. She is incredible. Uh, born in Uljin in Gyeongsangbuk-do province in 1955. Uh, she got a PhD in Korean literature from Gongkuk University. And she became a published poet in 1979. Uh, And her first poetry collection was released in 1981. And over the past four decades, she's published more than a dozen collections of poems, along with essays as well. She's one of Korea's most important contemporary poets. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we feature poetry on the show and it's very pastoral and it's very pretty and it's Mm. very lovely. This is not that kind of poetry. (laughs) She deals with really difficult themes and she goes into the issues that that society faces, that women face in particular. Um, And I find her to be so exciting to read as a poet. Mm. Um, Her poems have been translated into English, into Chinese, into French, into German, Swedish, Dutch and more. The book we're looking at today won the 2019 Griffin Poetry Prize when it was translated into English. So this is a really important book of poetry, a really great book of poetry. It won't necessarily be everyone's cup of tea, Mm -hmm. but I highly, highly recommend it because it is powerful. Great. And you mentioned the translator being good as well as being a poet themselves. Uh, Yes, Don Miche, uh, born here in Korea, but now lives in Seattle in the US. Uh, She is both a translator, a poet. She's also a a basic education instructor for adults. Mm -hmm. Um, And her focus as a translator has been on poetry. Uh, specifically, Kim Hesun, today's author, she's translated five of her books of poetry. Wow, a long So they have this, yeah, this deep connection. Uh, as I mentioned, she won the 2019 Griffin Poetry Prize. She also won the 2012 Lucian Strike Asian Translation Prize for another translation of Kim Hesun's work. Uh, last year, she published uh, the amazing book that she wrote herself, mm. DMZ Colony, oh. which is absolutely brilliant. And she won the National Book Award for Poetry wow. for her own book. 
Um, this year, she won both the Guggenheim Fellowship Poetry Prize and she won a place on the MacArthur Fellows Program. She is a brilliant author in her own right. Mm. I recommend DMZ Colony. It, it is career adjacent. It's all about career. Yeah. Um, and I hope we get to feature it later on. But certainly as a translator as well, she is brilliant. Okay, so we've got two very well qualified people today. You've given it your ring of a ringing endorsement as well. Let's get into the first poem. What was it called? Uh, it's called Namesake and it's day 10 of the 49 days. You're an older sister. You raise your sister. You have breakfast together, sleep together, laugh together. You change her clothes and bathe her. At home, you're always together. You only go out by yourself. The incoming call punctures your togetherness. We found your sister's body, but You tell your sister that her body has been found. Yet, you still live together. You dream and make friends on her behalf. Even after you identify your sister's body, you have dreams about her sinking in the sea. You eat together, sleep together, watch TV together. You feel most at ease living with your sister. When you stand by the sea, something, a black lump, falls from the sky. Sherry's saying, geez, this is dark, but amazing. <laughs> I love this poetry already, and I hope I can find the book. And I think later in the chat, you said you found it in ebook format at your library. Amazing. Wow. Absolutely brilliant. Well, it's, it's been a big deal because it won this huge poetry prize. Mm. So I'm really glad you found it. I hope you enjoy it. And we've got a couple more poems coming up. Mm. Uh, Aimlita says, Paul... Maybe I'll read that book next year. I think talking about my beautiful life. Oh, I already read another book, uh, but I will finish reading it uh, till the end of the year. Hee <laughs> hee. Uh, good luck. Look, take your time. Read when you can. Read when you want to. I, I just hope you really enjoy it. Tropic Girl saying with the 49 days, I've got some images and maybe 49 days left to live, almost like a countdown of sorts. Oh, that's an interesting interpretation. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say anything, but. You're you're not right, but you're on the right lines. Mm. Uh, Sarah saying 49 days means getting to Christmas. Well, <laughs> we are getting closer. Yes. Uh, 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 yes. Um, and Paul, I would like it if you could read a book on modern life, like uh, the novels of a divorced single mama at some time in the future. I will do my best to find something for you, Sarah. Mm. Uh, I can I can only uh, feature what has been translated, but true. I try to feature a variety of all sorts of different books. I know next week we've got a bit of a spooky one coming up for Halloween. Oh, looking forward to that. I think we're having a Halloween bonanza next week with all our corners. Uh, Siska saying, wait, so is her sister dead? Are we talking about Kim's sister and a literal death here? Do we know this about her life? Um, I, I think, mm-hmm. and, and I could very well be wrong, but I'm going to give my interpretation. This is not about her own sister, uh-huh. but instead she's putting herself into the shoes of of the sister of a victim of the Sewol ferry disaster. Oh, really? Yes, yeah, so this was this book was written in the wake 
of the oh, Sewol Ferry disaster. Goodness. Um, and that you know that the the idea of getting this call about her sinking in the sea, yes. something falling from the sky when standing by the sea, mm-hmm. it all seems to tie in. And um, I think it captures. This thing, I, d- I don't know. I don't know whether you've experienced this, but when you're so close to someone mm-hmm. and you've spent a large part of your life with them, maybe your whole childhood with them, yeah. and you've been protecting them, and then you have them ripped away from you in an instant, it's such a horrifying thought. Yeah. But at the same time, there is this feeling that after they've gone, mm. this feeling of disbelief, like you you just keep on going, and it feels like they're there with you, even though you know they're gone. Yeah. Logically speaking, you know that it's. It's not possible, and yet they are there with you. Yeah, it does seem a bit different to... I don't think I've experienced that kind of loss where there's someone maybe younger than you or, like, in a figurative sense, you've taken care of them. If they pass away, I'm sure that would be a really different feeling to, like, I don't know, an elderly relative passing yeah, away. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, yeah. I, in my life, I think there are two cases. Oh. One when I was at university and one uh-huh. back in 2010 when I lost very good friends who were relatively young. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really is unbelievable. I remember getting a call from someone to tell me that a friend had passed away <gasps> and just not being able to... I'm, I, I literally said, you're joking, aren't you? Yeah. Because you just can't believe it's happened. And for weeks after, months after, you keep expecting someone to call up and say, oh, it's all a big joke. <laughs> sure. Yeah, and I really love the way that Kim, in just, in just a few lines, she captures that feeling. And I feel like I can relate to this poem, even though it's not about me, it's not about my life, it's about something very different, very specific. It speaks to me because grief is universal. Yeah. Um, and I really love this. I know it's a difficult subject, but it's an important subject. Yeah, and I loved it how uh, the way I interpreted it was she'd do all these things together when her sister was there. But even when she's not there, maybe literally you're not doing those things, but it feels like Every time you're doing it, like sleeping or bathing, your sister is with you almost, yeah, right? Yeah, the, the people that you lose are still in your heart. Mm, they're still alive then in some way or form, I feel, as well. Let's get on to another difficult one. Uh, well, they're, they're all a little <laughs> bit dark today, but very, very good. This is a different one, though. Mm-hmm. It's called Dinner Menu, and it's from Day 29. There's no rice in Mummy's rice jar. There's no money in Mummy's purse. There's no fire in Mummy's kitchen. Today, Mummy cooks pan-fried hair. Yesterday, Mummy cooked braised thighs. Tomorrow, Mummy will cook sweet and sour fingers. In the kitchen, a knife bangs against the cutting board. In the kitchen, A bone steeps in broth. In the kitchen, thighs are deep fried. There's mummy inside mummy's rice jar. There's mummy inside mummy's purse. There's mummy inside mummy's kitchen. There's mummy beneath mummy's knife. Your mummy is that riverbank of your childhood. Your mummy is that trail of your childhood. When you go along the trail, all alone, past the riverbank. Mummy's weak voice. My daughter, you've come. Hurry, come in. 
when the door opens, an empty stove, cold air. In your mummy's kitchen, your deflated, hungry stomach is hanging on the black wall like a rusted frying pan. Tonight, you'll fry mummy's hands in that frying pan. Oh dear, that sounds rather morbid in many ways. The imagery. I was a bit like Sherry when you talked about cooking hair. I was like, is that mistranslation or is it hair as in the cousin of a rabbit? But no, we're talking about human body parts being cooked up, maybe figuratively, hopefully. Yeah, no, it's it's a metaphorical cannibalism. Uh-huh. Um, and for me, it's, it's all about generational suffering. Hmm. Um, we have to look at, at Kim's lived experience. She was born in 1955. She grew up, you know, just after the Korean War. She yeah. saw what the country went through, the, tor- the turmoil, but also the economic growth. She saw the, the censorship of the media. She saw the suppression by the military dictatorship. Yeah. She saw the hardships that her mother, her grandmother, the other mothers faced. Mm. And it feels like she's recalling all of those things, the suffering of so many mothers. Yeah. And yeah. also the disappearance of mothers after they're gone, the loss that they leave behind for their children mm-hmm. who hear their voice saying, come in, come in. And yet the kitchen is bare, empty. Yeah, that's very haunting. But I'm sure that will be a feeling that many might have. Because you've been used to growing up your whole life. And maybe it's more so in Korea where mothers, we've said often, you know, play a really integral role, sometimes overbearing, but uh, well into adult life, could still cook for you, could still live with you as well. And that sacrifice, like, it makes it feel so big how much they sacrifice. And I can feel that, again, maybe more so in Korea where mothers, in some cases really are living their lives 99% for their children. Exactly. It's almost as if they're they're cutting off their own pieces of their body to feed their own children and starving themselves. You know, the the parents' sacrifices are huge, and we don't necessarily understand that until we get much older, Mm -hmm. until we can look back with clear eyes at the past and see what actually they did for us. And it feels like uh, Kim here is is really looking back at the suffering, perhaps, of her mother Mm -hmm. and her grandmother and women like her, and putting that into words which are strong, but also, I think, really emotive. Yeah, I think it will make you realise or hopefully at least look back on your mother's sacrifices for you. Saying that your mum's the riverbank and the trail as well, like maybe you're walking all over her in a way. Yeah. And she's also something that's supporting your life, keeping the water away and things like this. Oh, I felt quite sad and quite guilty as well as a child for all those sacrifices yeah um and this is why i love this poetry it's really deep it's really i I don't know really impactful on you it makes you think it forces you to think about topics that are sometimes a little bit uncomfortable Mm. but at the end it's also cathartic it's therapeutic i feel better after having read this book feel like I'm eating my mum. I need to stop, perhaps, before she's got nothing left that she give me to eat. Uh, let's get on to a song request, and we'll be on back with poem number three. We'll I, tell you what it's about. Well, I'd just like to say poem number three will be day 49. Oh, the final. Okie dokie. Now, all about Korea. Arirang Radio. 
warm, buoyant breaths don't miss you. The winds that have left for reincarnation before you, that brush against the lips of your childhood, don't miss you. The winter, the woman's ice heart, dead from sickness, drifting away in the infinite blue sky with thin needles stuck all over it, doesn't miss you. The leaves blow away, leaving their prints on the frozen river, and the 100, 200-story high buildings crumble all at once. And the spectacles with spectacles, shoes with shoes, lips with lips, eyebrows with eyebrows, footprints with footprints swept into a huge drawer, don't miss you. The river is frozen 80 centimeters deep. A tank passes over it, and the fish beneath the ice don't miss you. The dog tied to the electric pole in front of the tobacco shop for 14 years doesn't miss you. While the big wind takes away thousands of women dead from madness, the sound of the use of your whole life, your hair falling, all of the winter landscape wailing and wielding its whip doesn't miss you. Thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of snow flurries don't miss you. Don't descend all over the world, howling, murmuring, searching for your snowman-like body buried in the snow. Don't miss you and say love you or whatever, as if unfolding a beautifully folded letter. Don't miss you, just because you're not you, and I'm the one who's really you. Don't miss you as you write and write for 49 days with an inkless pen. the title of this one don't from the 49th day the last one in the book is it oh uh, no there is one poem that follows oh uh, but yes but the last of the 49 days but but it does feel like a conclusion an end of things like you're finally gone and i don't know i felt quite depressed by all those don't miss you's i want somebody to miss me paul no but uh, but i think this is a positive end okay um the title is autobiography of death Mm-hmm. The death happens before the book begins. Mm. This 49th poem is the end of 49 days of wandering, and now the spirit can be let go. Oh. And it feels like Kim is urging the spirit to go, saying, it's okay, you will not be missed, it's all right to leave now. Which brings us to what this book is really all about, about these 49 days. Ah, yeah, we got Silver Granny Lynn saying, is it the 49 days maybe before the spirit dissipates uh, well, <laughs> spot on spot on and Noah saying well, what about that movie this is what came to my mind along with the gods 49 days yeah and yeah I, and there's the k-drama 49 days as well oh i see so i'm not too familiar with that legend or that belief or whatever well, that's why i'm here peter that's Thank why you. i'm here sherry says the sinking in the sea was a chilling line and wow these poems are giving me goosebumps and heart palpitations can't wait to read the whole thing. I think you're going to love it, Sherry. And Tropic Girl, the suffering, the lingering memories, learning to maybe live without having your loved ones around anymore. In our Catholic faith too, 40 days of prayers observed with a mass on the 40th day. At that point, then the spirit leaves the space and goes, including nine days of the rosary just after death. Very oh. similar, Tropic Girl, to what we're going to talk about here in Korea. Okay, um, so this 49. Yes. So, so first of all... I'd want to talk briefly about about the the impetus for this book mm-hmm. so it was written 
pretty much directly after the tragic sinking of the Sewol ferry back in 2014. Okay. And that event had an impact on the whole of Korea, on every single person living on this peninsula. Yes. It was a really difficult time. It was a, a time of mourning, a time of protests, and... These poems are sort of a, a reflection, I think, of Kim's own grief and introspection. She'd actually been very ill before writing this collection. Oh. And Korea had also been through the MERS epidemic, you know, which we thought us, was a big yeah. deal. Mm-hmm. And then we got COVID-19. <laughs> so, so she wrote these 49 numbered poems. And as, as our listeners have figured out... 49 has a special significance here in Korea traditionally when someone dies. Mm -hmm. So the traditional belief is that a person's spirit is going to wander the earth for 49 days after their death and then they move on to the next life. Oh, that's why for my uh, wife's grandmother, we went to the funeral or the wake as we've learned the three days before the actual funeral process. And we only stayed a little while because it was a weekday and we had the kids and blah, blah, blah. And then she was saying, well, I'd like to then go on the 49th day because all the family go and visit her memorial site. Yeah. Oh, that's it. I didn't yeah. realise the reason. We did the same thing when my father-in-law passed away a few years ago. We, mm-hmm. we mourned at his funeral. Yeah. And then after this 49 days, we went to a temple and we prayed and we sent his spirit on his way. We burnt his clothing as well. Oh, on that day? Yeah. Wow. Um, so it's not for every family here in Korea, but certainly it's part of Korea's traditional culture. And there are many families who still will... respect this 49-day period. Yeah, I think even if you're of a different religion, just through tradition, you'll maybe go and pay your respects in some way, right? Many, many families. Yeah, it's it's most families here in Korea that do this. Um, uh, And I think it's, it's a really, really important thing because... The grieving process is not something that ends after two or three days. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't end once the the, the funeral is over. It takes a long time for people to get over it. And these markers in our lives can be really important. Yeah, it's 